this Big 12 Game of the Week edition of the Big 12 College Experience on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added pick-up scorchers where you can win 100 times what you put in. That's right, turn five into five hundo, plus every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Promo code SGPN and Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use that code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today and start making smarter bets today. Plus, we're giving away the NBA being back, the NBA Big Gambling Podcast. So get over there, celebrate the NBA being back uh, with an NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog for all details in that store today. Welcome, everybody, back to the Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network, Tuesday, October the 24th, week nine in the college football season. If you're wondering who you're listening to, I am Moneyline Mac, a.k.a. the former, former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin, and we're going to dive into the Jayhawks and Sooners, but before we do so, i got to introduce a man that was born in Provo, Utah. He's got family in Ames, Iowa, and he lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. A walking contradiction. Rambling Rush. What's up, man? How, did you have a good weekend? Had a great weekend. Uh, I got to see one of my good friends that we went to school here with uh, get married, and that that was a great thing to do. But, of course, got caught in the the wedding buzz of needing to check your phones for scores and yeah. uh, highlights and in-game stuff. So, But, hey, it's it's all good. It happens. Um, good, good to be back on the show, Ryan. I was I was gonna ask because uh, I, I was texting you, me, you, and Troy. By the way, everybody, yeah. Troy's out tonight. He'll be back on Thursday for the pick show. Um, I was trying to blow up your phone as much so that you would get notifications on what was going on throughout the day. Uh, more like at two o'clock when I was saying Emory Jones fucking sucks. Why did I take him again? Uh, Troy Troy talked me into this one. I was like, I got cute. I am not taking him again. Actually, I might take him against Oklahoma State because of the because of the situational spot, but we'll talk about that. Um, did you get eyes on any of the Big Twelve games in particular? Yeah, I actually saw. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to watch that game again, and that's you know, yeah. That's we'll talk about that later if we have to. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, the 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 Baylor the game you just said, um, Baylor Cincinnati game. Yeah, you can't can't trust Emory Jones. Watch the one game he's going to do well is when he plays us. Um, but it was <laughs> obviously I saw what ended up happening in the Houston, the Texas game. Um, you know, UCF, Oklahoma, UCF had a chance there. It was that after this past weekend, I've realized in the big 12, along with others, I mean, Neil Brown said it in his press conference that every team is kind of the same is yeah. the, the margin of error is so thin because it's not necessarily that every team's incredible or the upper half's incredible. It's because from all the way to the top, from Oklahoma all the way down to Cincinnati, UCF. Well, we saw how both those teams played Oklahoma, right? It, it It's so razor thin that 
one game you could win the next game you could go on a two game losing streak then you could go win through win three more it's it's the league of the middle class it's what we've been saying about the big 12 all season long and i think that's what makes this league so much fun and that and, and i'm excited too we're in the pur- purgatory state this year but next year when we get the other four in we say goodbye to, to texas and and oklahoma i think that's when it's going to get really crazy yeah and uh before before we transition into the game of the week, I got to get something off my chest. Let it rip. That was the biggest fucking joke in the end of that Texas-Houston game. That was the biggest travesty that they did not review that. And, of course, the uh, replay official, where did he go to law school? Texas. That was a complete joke. He got the first down. They review every other play in this goddamn sport. You can't review that one. And then, I mean, I don't really like the play call by Dana, but at the same time, that's a complete joke. That was a first down. Dana was going to get the touchdown to tie it and go for two like he did with Will Greer at yeah. West Virginia. And I think he would have gotten it. I really do. Um, Texas, way overrated. Way overrated. They crowned them a playoff team back in week four. Um, and, and Oklahoma's in our game of the week once again. I've been saying for weeks that team has holes. Um, they, 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 The rest gave them the game, too. That was not pass interference at the end of the first call. UCF picks it off. They're going to go into halftime mm-hmm. with the lead. But, I mean, I mean, what are we doing? These are the two schools that are leaving. They should not be getting any calls, if anything. So, yeah, I had to get that off my chest. I, I was I was so irate in that Texas-Houston game because Houston goes down 21 nothing and battles all the way back. I mean, Dana, everybody crushes Dana. Dana can coach some football. I, I know yeah. it hasn't completely worked out at Houston, but, I mean, he gets up against Texas – and he always has his teams ready to play, and they're so hard to guard. Um, Donovan Smith was rolling once again after that West Virginia game, so I had to get that off my chest. Well, I'll, here, here's what I'll say in terms of horns down, and we'll get Andy Mitz on to talk to us about how how Kansas is going to beat mm-hmm. OU because OU is due. You're you're absolutely correct. Absolutely, there. watch out, watch out for BYU this week. If you look at this game good, historically. Yeah. You, who, who's that? We've said it a million times. Who's the their former quarterback that's now the coach at Texas? Watch out for BYU this week. Them going into Texas doesn't bother them. The only thing I'm a little concerned about, Rush, is they might be upgrading their quarterback because Quinn Ewers has not been playing well the last couple games. Yeah, it it'll be um, their backup. I can see him. What what's what's his name? Murphy, uh, Malik Murphy, Malik Murphy. Yeah. That's right, Eminem. That's right. Uh, he. He kind of adds a threat that yours doesn't have, right? He he's yeah. he's he's a decent quarterback. You might be right with an upgrade there. You're definitely it's not a quarterback that you should be taking lightly by any means. When he's come in um this season whether for whatever reason, he's done pretty well. He he's there there's a reason to think about this that he is the second string and it's not Manny. Well, so that, clearly they, both, they both are taking first team reps. So no. a little bit. I mean, if if there's an early interception for Murphy, you know what those fans would be calling for. The next Manning era. I hope Manning plays. I hope he shits the bed. That'd be absolutely great. Um, I, I love Texas, right? Um, all right, that's enough uh jibber and jabbering on our part. Let's uh let's bring on Andy on the other side of this ad break because we're talking about underdog fantasy because you have a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with the introducing of scorchers going five for five and pick them scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 times payout and limited underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars a hundred thousand sundays are back um over on underdog fantasy 10 lucky players can win ten thousand dollars each 
Um, I usually hand it off to Troy here, but I did get a little preparation for the underdog fantasy. I'm looking at the props for our guy, Mr. Bean, at quarterback for uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. I thought he was really good against Oklahoma State. Um, I think this offense rolls, even though Jalen Daniels won't be back. He had success last year against Oklahoma on the offensive side. So I'm on the overs. Um, Props for Beam on Saturday. Uh, Watch along. Make your pick. Maybe make a little bit of cash over on Underdog's mobile app. Underdog Fantasy. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And like I said, the NBA is back, so that means load management's back. You already see every, <laughs> every other fucking star sitting out tonight. Shocker. Welcome back, NBA fans. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> Those guys over at the NBA Gambling Podcast do a great job because they got to monitor all the and handicap all these games with all these freaking cowards sitting out every other game. So head over to uh, the NBA Gambling Podcast and, uh, you know, over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog. Submit a screenshot of your under NBA underdog promo code SGPN, and one winner will uh, win a nice NBA gambling podcast hoodie. Just go over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog. All righty, we're back on the Big 12 College Experience. I can tell you what, I will not be watching the NBA tonight. I'll be watching, uh, what do we got? We, we got Liberty, Western Kentucky. We got... Uh, Louisiana, we got game seven, New too. New Mexico State. Yeah, the NBA is way down. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch the NBA in April. So, speaking of the NBA, this guy knows a couple NBA guys because the Jayhawks have had plenty of NBA guys <laughs> that have been produced during the Bill Self era. Welcome back to the Big 12 College Experience. Three-time visitor, Andy Mitz. Hey, man, you guys keep winning. We're going to keep bringing you back, man. And let me tell you something. This podcast is ruined like hell for you on Saturday. Well, you know, n- not just winning apparently, because let me <laughs> let me tell you that game against Oklahoma State was pretty uh, rough for us Jayhawks yeah, fans. True. But but no, I mean, you know, this is um, you guys were talking about Oklahoma and Texas, and you know, if if anybody the one of those two fan bases the rest of the year complains about calls going against them, just point them back to Week Eight because Week Eight oh. showed you exactly how much they're not getting on. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean. Man, it was it was atrocious. It was a really really bad. I was watching it, and luckily I didn't have to worry about my own team being the you know unfortunate victim of some bad officiating that particular week. But this week, un- unfortunately, you know <laughs> Kansas has been the victim of poor officiating against Oklahoma and Allen, or I'm sorry, in the in Memorial Stadium. You know Lawrence Lawrence Kansas here. Sorry, I'm in basketball. I'm halfway in basketball mode because Big Twelve Media Days was just last week. Um, but but no, um, I mean. You know, the whole forward fumble slash handoff slash whatever it was they called it that actually saved the game for Oklahoma two years ago. Yes. If you look at these two yes. teams, this Kansas team is much better than that team was. I don't know that this Oklahoma team is much better than that team was. You know, you mm. think they had Caleb Williams. Yeah. You know, they had a lot of offensive talent. The defense was problem, you know, had problems. But I don't know that this defense is demonstrably better. Um you know, I mean, it's definitely better than it was, but it's not, it's not like, you know, heads or tails, it's going to be a unit that's going to carry you. And so as we saw this last week with Oklahoma, I mean, I was pulling so hard for UCF to take them down and get their first win, you know, at Oklahoma, which would have been absolutely hilarious. Um, but, you know, Oklahoma had all kinds of problems. 
UCS defense actually played fairly well for a good portion of this uh, of that game, mm-hmm. which wasn't something that I was expecting to be talking about because UCS defense got absolutely shredded by a bunch of different people. Um, Oklahoma struggled to run the ball at times. You know, they struggled to do a lot of different things. And I do think that this is setting Kansas up a Kansas team that plays significantly better at home than they do on the road. Um, it sets them up for a potential upset in this game. Um, I don't know if I'm quite ready to pull the trigger on saying that they will win it just because <laughs> I've been hurt a couple times thinking that they were going to, you know, I thought they would be beat Texas and I thought they would beat Oklahoma state um, on the road on both of those. Um, you know, so this one's a little bit different, but uh, you know, Jalen Daniels, supposedly it has been working out. Um, it was trying to make a comeback, but as I've talked about before, you know, there's, there's a lot of hesitancy. They want to make sure that when he comes back, he's actually ready and that he's not pushing himself back a little bit too early. So he's doubtful for this game. I, as, as I'm hearing right now, he's probably questionable for the game against Iowa state next week. So expect mm-hmm. this to be a Jason bean, right? Like this is a Jason bean game. Give him an opportunity to go ahead and win this game. Like he almost won the game two two years ago against the Sooners, man. It would be absolutely fantastic for Jason Bean twice two two years in a row to clinch a bowl game appearance against a team from Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. You know, two two seasons in a row. So I, I'm all for it. Now that we're Andy this point into the season with Jason Bean, you brought him right up. Obviously, I want to talk about Jalen Daniels, but we'll get to him in a little bit. Where, what is your confidence level in him? How do you feel about him as a quarterback? Um, his playing ability, his ability. I, I, I think you're right. Maybe in terms of emotionally and the way this situation may play out, this kind of does seem like, hey, his game to come out and shine. But how realistic is that? Um, I mean, I definitely think he has the ability to do it. You know, a lot of people point to the Texas game and say, oh my gosh, look at how bad he was. That was a game where he was thrown in with literally 30 minutes notice. Yeah. Like there, it is impossible, especially when Jalen Daniels was practicing all week. You know, there was absolutely no indication that Jason Bean was going to be the guy. Um, That is a very difficult position to be put in. It's very difficult to build that rapport with your receivers, especially when, you know, they were working out with a different quarterback all week long. Um, You saw him be much better against UCF the next week. And then, he was still phenomenal against Oklahoma state. Like I I think that Oklahoma state game is what you really point to the fact that he had five touchdowns in that game. Yes. He had the two interceptions late. Um, Those sorts of things happen. He unfortunately was pressing a little bit in, in a kind of a situation he didn't need to, but you know, he did not lose them that game. I had a nice big long rant on my podcast. Um, He did not lose that game for them. You cannot put the blame for that game on Jason Bean. The blame solely goes on the defense playing absolutely atrocious in that game and letting Oklahoma state run all over them. Um, I do worry that that potentially is something that Kansas could have problems with again, is that, you know, they could let Oklahoma run all over them. Although Oklahoma is not nearly as good of a rushing team, I think as they're, as they usually are this year. So I do get, I do get a little bit of, I guess, extra confidence from that. So, um, but question about J- Jason Bean, I have full confidence that they can do whatever they need to do with him. He has the ability to throw it down the field. Um, he definitely looks a whole lot better on those touch throws you know, on the sideline, which was probably his biggest problem last year, not not being able to throw those accurately. I thought it continued over when I watched the Texas game, but then you look at the the way that he played against uh, UCF and then Oklahoma State, he was making those touch throws on the si- on the sidelines, you know, two guys all over the place and throwing down the field really well. So I think Jason Bean is not going to be a problem at all in this game. He might have a turnover or two, just the way that he plays, the way that he throws the ball around. 
his decision making is good, but it's not perfect. Um, you know, he might end up having a turnover, but but again, I don't think it's going to be an, an an instance where you're going to look back and say, "Oh man, he had one turnover, and that was the only thing that went wrong in this game, and that's why we lost." Hey, Andy, I think you make a good point too. Like uh, Jason Bean, he's played he's played Oklahoma back to back years because Daniels missed a game in Norman last year. And and they they did lose the game, but they lost the game fifty two forty two. And it was mm-hmm. another day where he had four touchdowns. He's coming off five touchdowns. I feel like the bye week came at the right time. Get get a little bit more healthy coming into this matchup. UCF laid out some blueprints on how you can have success against this Oklahoma team. Uh, I thought they had some big chunk plays early with Plumley back, Harvey in the backfield. What do you think of this matchup for this Kansas offense um, with Bean, and then obviously. Um, your guy's stud in the back, Devin Neal, uh, from the running back position. I I, th- I, I kind of think that th- there's going to be big chunk plays once again, like last year and the year before that uh, when Caleb Williams was on Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just – I do think this is a good matchup for them. I mean, I do think that Kansas has a very good rushing attack, as you you kind of alluded to, and Jason Bean is – getting the kinds of throws that we would expect him to need to get to be successful. I, I just don't think that Oklahoma's defense is quick enough or, or I should say has the, the right field awareness to be able to get from side to side as quickly as Kansas can potentially, you know, whip, mm-hmm. whiplash back and forth. So um, the real important thing I think is going to be getting Jason Bean established in a rhythm early. Um, they haven't done a ton of that. They've liked to try to get the rushing game established more. But we saw it in the opener against, uh, you know, the the season opener for the Jayhawks where, you know, they had the, of the first six offensive plays, five of them were short passes to four or five yards down the field. Um, and so that really kind of got Jason Bean in a rhythm, got him going, and then opened up everything for the playbook. I think they're going to do something very similar in this game. They're going to try to get him established and in a rhythm and build that confidence early. But again, this is a Jason Bean that has played fairly well against Oklahoma two years in a row now coming into a third game, um, he's not afraid of them. He's not really that worried about, like, what he's able to do. The question is, is he going to be able to do enough to get the team over the hump? But, you know, again, they have wide receivers that are just absolutely, you know, they they can be clutch when you need them to. But I think the biggest strength that this Kansas offense actually has is how good their their tight ends are, um, both at blocking downfield and also just, you know, catching passes in open spaces down the middle of the field. So, um, that's something that not a lot of teams in the big 12 have. Not a lot of people, even those that have played Kansas multiple years in a row. Um, I don't think they've quite seen it to this extent. Jared, Jared Casey's gotten better as a, as a pass catcher. So has Trevor Cardell. So has Mason Fairchild. And they were all pretty good last year too. So, um, I, I think this could probably be a big day for the tight ends here, just because I, I do think that Oklahoma is going to pro- probably try to sell out to stop the running game, which is going to open up a ton of opportunities for that passing game. What's your biggest concern in this game from Kansas's side of things? Where does Oklahoma match up really well against you guys? Um, I mean, to be honest, I think it's just it's it's physicality on the lines. Um, and that's always kind of been the issue. Kansas has been able to kind of scheme around it. And I know that they they struggled last year um down in Norman because Oklahoma's offensive line was able to go at pace, was able to you know, go quickly and they had that physical advantage and Kansas wasn't able to kind of rotate the guys in. I do think that Kansas has better defensive pressure from guys that can be doing full-time, you know, so like um, Austin Booker, Gage Keys, 
uh, JV Brown, you have, you know, Hayden Hatcher, you have Jeremy Robinson. The real worry I think for this team this week is that Jeremy Robinson and Hayden Hatcher have been dealing with some injuries. Um, you know, they, they got, they both got injured in the UCF game, both struggled last or the last game against Oklahoma state. The hope is that the bye week gives them an opportunity to come back and be at full strength. Because when you have five different guys that are consistently bringing pressure from different places, even the best and most physical offensive lines have trouble keeping up with that Mm -hmm. the entire game. And so what we've seen from Kansas, it's still kind of a, we're going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at you from a whole bunch of different places. And then by the second half, you're going to be, so much more worn down than you usually are because you're having to account for so many different things that it's going to give you that opportunity to be able to then, um, you know, make those big plays, get those big stops and really do what you need to do. I I think that's again, what Kansas is going to have to do here that, you know, I think Oklahoma is going to get some early. I don't know how much they're going to get, but the goal here is to be down by a score or less at the half. Um, Ideally be winning, but if you're down by a score or less at the half, then you have to feel really good about how good of a second half team this is and their ability to be able to go ahead and pull it out at, at, at home, on homecoming, with you know Fox Big Noon kickoff coming into town. Yeah. yeah. Andy, let, I, I know we're, we're talking matchup, but I want to talk about the guy that won't be playing on Saturday because he was preseason player of the year. Um, obviously, back spasms is what it sounds like. Do you get the sense that something isn't adding up with, with this whole situation? Like, they're – that something reeks because that's I like I understand like the, if Texas was the biggest game of the year and then he's a late scratch I know back spasms happen but I thought he would at least be back by now especially off the bye week is, is this a is there any speculation on this situation that kind of has you scratching your head at all with Lance Leipold and Jalen Daniels um I thought so initially but I think what's become clear from who I've been talking to and kind of what I've been hearing around is that Jalen Daniels is extremely competitive and he does not want to be held out for anything. So if he thinks he can go, he's going to, you know, give the all clear signal. He's going to be extremely positive about what's happening until he just physically can't anymore. And it sounds like that's what happened against Texas that, you know, he, he was feeling good, kind of tweaked something a little bit and thought, Oh, you know, maybe like if he had said something initially, they might've been able to do some sort of, you know, cortisone shots or like something to give him an opportunity to play in the game. But it just started to get more and more aggravated as they got closer and closer to the stadium until finally he just couldn't he couldn't go. And it's, you know, unfortunately, like you said, back spasms is one of those things it can creep up on you. Um, you know, there was also kind of talk about, well, why isn't he down on the field, you know, at least cheering the guys on? Because that happened at, at, at the UCF game. And I thought that yeah. the response was completely reasonable. With a back injury, you don't want a guy to have to make sudden movements, right, to get out of the way of something or if someone runs into him. You know, I like it's so much easier to re-injure a back injury than it is what, you know, he had a, a, a collarbone injury essentially last year or the AC joint last year that if someone comes, you know, unless someone comes and hits you directly on that or they knock you over and you land right on it, you're probably not going to re-injure it sitting on a football sideline. Back injury, it's way too easy to do that. And so I, I think they've gotten to the point from what I understand of we can no longer take what Jalen says about how he's feeling at face value. We can't just say, he says he's good to go. We're going to throw him in. I think they're doing a lot more independent checking. They're doing a whole lot more to just make sure that when he goes in, he's actually ready to go Mm -hmm. because if they don't have him back for the end of the season, you know, then that's a problem. Like I would assume you probably want to have him back no later than the Texas tech game. So we can get into a swing and potentially, you know, push them to a better bowl game. But um, you know, if you don't have him, 
back at that point, or if he comes back and re-injures himself and is out for the, for the end of the season, that's a really big deal for what this team could potentially do. This is a team that still expects at this point to go nine and three on the year. Like they are, they are still expecting at this point to yeah. maybe you lose to Oklahoma or maybe you lose at home to K state, or maybe, you know, something happens in, in Cincinnati or something at the end. Like they expect to only have one more loss after this. So there's not a lot of room for error. You have to make sure you're putting your best team on the field at all times as much as possible. And so I think they're, they've kind of put him in a little bit of a bubble wrap situation, kind of just like we need to make sure that he is completely ready to go before we throw him out there. Um, at this point, it's not like he can really play for, you know, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. He's, he's missed too many games, I think, to get serious consideration for anything like that. Unless you were to come in and like throw for 600 yards for, you know, five games straight or something ridiculous like that. Um, there's just no way that he's going to get those sort of individual accolades. And so now it's about what can he do or what can they do best to allow him to help the team down the road? So you kind of answered my question already, Andy, and it's kind of two questions in one, but they're very similar is, is there a thought kind of from the Jalen Daniels side of it? And then also the team side of it. So we'll focus since we're talking about Jalen Daniels, focus on him for a second is if, they lose this game to Oklahoma. Do you think they're, is there honestly, I, I know you said you project one loss for, for the rest of the season and you know, they still want to go nine and three, but is there also this, Hey, let's just, cause it's a, it's a heavy quarterback draft coming up. If Jalen's been hurt all season, he'd probably fall anyway. He probably wants to be in next year's draft. Anyway, he could probably be a number one pick. Is there kind of this, all right, we lost to Oklahoma He's still feeling all right. Maybe we should just sit him the rest of the season. Or is there, hey, no matter the result of this game, we want Jalen Daniels back and we want to just keep pressing forward. Well, it, it is a little strange because as you pointed out, like if you sit him the rest of the year, he actually technically could redshirt this year because um, yeah. he has not played. Yeah. He has not played more than four games yet, which means mm -hmm. that theoretically, like he already could come back next year um, because he's only a junior eligibility wise. So theoretically he could come back next year and then he could come back another year after that. If this is a redshirt year, I don't think however, that they're going to just shut him down at any point this year. If they think that he can come back and help them, even if it's not until the bowl game, um, they are going to try to get into and, and really and of course, at that Do you point, think they would just trot him out for just a bowl game. Well, but at that point as well, if you really think about it, the bowl game uh, one, that, that would be his fourth game on the season, but I don't believe it actually counts for things like the, the red shirting as well. So Theoretically, he could play in a bowl game, still redshirt. He could play in the season finale at Cincinnati and still redshirt. Hmm. Um, you know, and they could still put their best foot forward to try to get a good spot there. But I also have to think though, if they're, you know, if they're nine and three at the end of the season and Jason Bean has played the rest of the year, I think they'll just ride with Jason Bean, not because they want to sit Jalen Daniels, but because it's actually it's it's honestly working out really well. Yeah. Jason Bean's worked really hard to get here. It's yeah. not like, you know. The difference between going nine and three, like winning the Alamo Bowl, you know, if if that's where they ended up going, doesn't give you a shot at a national championship or anything. So, like at that point, it might be the reward of, hey, Jason Bean, this is your last go around, right? Like this is your last game, you get the starting nod in that bowl game. But I wouldn't blame them for really kind of doing whatever it is. They have been very upfront about every every personnel decision that they make is obviously in the best interest of the health and safety of that individual player, but when it comes to putting people on the field, it's about getting the best possible lineup to allow you the best chance to win the game. And everybody on this team knows it. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's why this team has been as successful as they have, because 
even when someone's opportunity comes at the expense of another player, you have not heard, at least publicly, very much of the I'm upset because, hey, guess what? I don't, you know, like I'm I'm not getting to play anymore, so I'm going to be upset about it. There was a couple of players that were like that a couple of years ago that are now out of the program. Um, but, you know, this is a very team first team that is doing a really good job of pulling everyone together and being doing everything that they can to make sure that that team has has the success. The mantra that they have, and you know, um, it's it's exactly the Lance Leipold thing, is that if if the team is having success and the players are going to get recognized, the players are going to like you know, people are going to pay attention to what they're doing if mm-hmm. the team is successful, especially where their Kansas have come from. So, you know, if if Jalen Daniels wants to make his draft stock better, they need to have a good season this year. They need to have a good season next year because he's probably coming back at this point. Um, you know, a guy like Devin Neal, if he wants to have an opportunity to go in the draft. You just do whatever you can to make this team successful because if if you are, you know, if, if your team is 10 and 2 or 9 and 3 at the end of the year, NFL scouts are going to be looking. Like they're going to be looking at why how a team like this is so successful. And naturally, guys like Devin Neal or Jalen Daniels or even Jason Bean are going to come across as, hey, these are big, big possible or big, uh, big talents that have found a way to be successful here. They may not project the way that you would normally expect, you know, in the NFL, but um, you know, you can't try to be something that you're not put the team at risk to try to better your own NFL draft stock, especially since, you know, if it's going to take you being an absolute super stud and taking away opportunities from other people, that's probably not going to be successful in the kind of program that they've built. And it's not going to get you the kind of accolades that you want to be able to get where you want. So for, for everybody's sake, they have been very good about making sure that it's very, very much team first. Um, you know, and and I do think that they that they you know celebrate all the different things that other people have done. I've been in so many of the pro, the post game press conferences where you go to talk to a guy. Um, for example, you know, I thought went to go talk to JB Brown about the first sack that he had, and immediately the minute I asked the question, he's like, "Well, I got that opportunity because you know Austin Booker or because this other guy did something that opened it up for me." To a man, every single one of them, when you try to ask about their successes are always quick to point out I was put in this position because this guy did something else that was really, really helpful. And so, you know, this is a team, I think that has the right kind of makeup. And that's also why I think why they've been so resilient is that it's, you know, people know that when they mess up, there's somebody else there to pick them up. And they know if somebody else messes up, it's their job to step in and help pick them up and and get the team going. There's a very resilient team um, that has gone down multiple times on the road, you know, with, with double digit, uh, deficits and been able to claw all the way back um in mm-hmm. fact they've you know thinking back to last year they were down 14 nothing to west virginia came back before like like halfway through the second quarter they were down 14 nothing to houston came <laughs> yeah. back yeah. there was still there was still uh five minutes left in the first quarter when they came all the way back from that like there have been so many times where they have had fairly large deficits in the first half and come all the way back to either tie it or take the lead um, they haven't always won all those, of course. And, and Oklahoma State was another good example of that, where they went down 14 nothing to Oklahoma. And, you know, Jason Bean had given them the lead before halftime, like they were up 25-24 at the end of the first half. So this is a team that is used to playing in adverse conditions, and they get even better when they're at home. So, I mean, that's really what I'm looking for in this game is how well can they turn that home field advantage? You know, is the booth going to be completely packed? Um, as of right now, last I saw, it was not completely sold out. And Kenny Logan, the starting safety was like hey what's going on people like he was he was tweeting about it because honestly he's he's absolutely right there's no excuse 
knowing that yeah. it was Oklahoma coming in, knowing that this was, you know, potentially for, for Kansas to really stay as a legitimate contender in the big 12 race, they have to win this game. Um, nothing's changed in the bye week right. To make this game any more attractive than it would have been. So it should have already been sold out before this week even started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of confidence that it will be sold out before the game actually starts, but um, you know, obviously having big new kickoff is still a big deal. Um, I would actually argue it's a bigger deal this year than it was last year with ESPN college game day. Because if you think about last year, it was the double story of TCU being undefeated and Kansas being undefeated and both of them being ranked. Uh, like there was a ton of other stuff from both teams. Whereas this is a, a normal Oklahoma team and a Kansas team. That's not an undefeated team. There are five and two. They're very much in the big 12 race, but I think that says more about your program. The fact that they took a, a good Kansas team, not an undefeated, great, potentially looking at, you know, breaking records type of Kansas team. And they're hosting it at this point. So um, I, I think it's really good for the program and where it's headed to. And I'm looking forward to what this conference is going to look like when we don't have Oklahoma and Texas and everybody's fighting for those <laughs> top spots because it, it's going to be fun. Gonna be, it's going to get ugly, but it's going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a post Texas and Oklahoma uh, Big 12. Andy, <clears throat> sorry, I can't talk right now. Uh, two, two, two last questions for you because I know you're a busy man. A, of course, your game prediction, score prediction. But B, coming off the bye, you look at your guys' schedule. You got three out of five at home, obviously Oklahoma being the one. You got the K-State rivalry game. You got Texas Tech at home. Your other trips are, I mean, Ames, Iowa State's playing well, and then Cincinnati is Cincinnati. If you guys find a way to get this one, I got to think that you guys think that you guys can get to Dallas with the way the schedule breaks. And you look, you look at the standings. Yeah, there's a clump of one one lost teams, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, and K-State, but these teams are going to beat up on each other. And I keep saying this, Texas and Oklahoma are not running the table uh, on the way down. I mean, they Texas almost lost as a 24-point favorite last week at Houston. Oklahoma almost lost as a 17-point favorite. They are going to get picked off at least one. I think two, maybe even three times down the stretch as the pressure mounts. So kind of gave you a little bit of everything there on the last question, obviously your game prediction. And then if they get this one, is there a sense that they can make a run to Dallas? Well, so I, I definitely think that they could do it. The problem with the Jayhawks at this point is that it's not up to them. Um, you know, they are, they do lose the tiebreakers to Oklahoma state and Texas who are both a game ahead of them. Um, yeah. You know, they do, Obviously, even if they beat Oklahoma, they're still a game behind Oklahoma. So they need some other things to kind of work out for them. I do think it's it's at least uh, helpful that, you know, some of these other teams are dealing with injuries and dealing with, you know, stuff messing up and all of that. And it's just um, – that being said, like, if, if Kansas is able to pull this off against Oklahoma, yes. Like, Oklahoma is by far still the best team on the rest of their schedule. They're better than Iowa State. They're better than Kansas State. They're better than Texas Tech by a lot. And they're a lot better than Cincinnati as well, despite what the you know the actual, what actually happened in that game between the two. Um, the one that I worry about though is still that Iowa State game because Kansas is a team that plays much differently on the road than they do at home. Yep. Um, I am as of right now, I'm actually planning on being up at that game, so I'll hopefully nice. get to see them get revenge for the last time I was up there because I was up there two years ago when they lost like 52 to six or something ridiculous like that in the pouring <laughs> rain. Um, so I'm looking forward to potentially getting to see that revenge in person, but this is still like a team. Iowa state still has a decent defense. I don't think it's as good as we thought it was at the beginning of the year. And Rocco Beck is now actually playing a lot better than, you know, he initially looked. So 
Um, it's unfortunate that they're catching Iowa State like as Iowa State's improving instead of earlier in the year. But I still think that's the most difficult game on their schedule. Um, I, honestly, I would ma- almost make the argument that it's the most difficult game on their schedule, including this one, because of the fact that this one's at home and that one's on the road. But either way, they get through this one. There's no reason to think that they can't win all the rest of them. Um, and then it just comes down to, can somebody else knock off Oklahoma for them? So that way their tiebreaker goes in. Um, you know, uh, can can somebody knock off Texas a couple times or knock off Oklahoma State a couple times so that Kansas doesn't have to worry about those tiebreakers? Um, you know, they they just, or can somebody else jump in that Kansas has beaten, you know, with some of those other tiebreakers to, to make it a little bit easier for them to get in? I, I do think that there's going to be probably three or four teams fighting for that second spot in Arlington. No reason to think Kansas won't be one of them, especially if they get this win. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very difficult, I think, at this point to really know for sure how competitive they're going to be the rest of the year. Um, I will say, though, this particular game, like we said, I, you know, I think that there's a lot of really good things to look at if you're if you're a Kansas fan. I do think that the special teams is an underrated part of this game. Um, I don't think Oklahoma is necessarily that great at it. And Kansas has had some disasters, but they've also had some very, very positive, um, you know, indications coming from that special team. So um, I do think that there's an opportunity for Kansas to break another another return, whether it's a punt return or a kick return. Um, You know, they almost had two against UCF. Kenny Logan getting tripped up by his own guy on a kickoff. Um, But, you know, they, they have some real speed at those positions and you know, you just look at the way that this defense has been able to bring pressure. I don't know that I'm like, I, I'm not going to say Oklahoma hasn't seen that type of pressure because Texas was able to do it. And some, some of the other teams have probably been able to do it. But I think the fact that Kansas can rotate so many guys in and there's not a big drop off like there was a few years ago. Um, you know, even last year when they went down to, to Oklahoma, um, you know, the Sooners kind of wore down in the second half and Kansas was able to make a comeback. But Kansas also didn't have the benefit of having five different guys along that line that could bring pressure. They only had three. And when you rotate guys in and out, you have to, you know, take that step down. There's not really that much of a step down now for a lot of those guys when they go to the second, the second string. So um, I do think Kansas will keep this one close. I do have it within the spread. Um, I think if I'm making the pick right now as a homer pick, I'm probably going to say Kansas, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas lose by a field goal. Um, But you know, I, I saw the line open to 10 and a half. I think I saw it get all the way down to eight at one point. Um, I think it's gone back up now, but um, I'm, I'm a little curious as to why it's going back up. I think it's just the point where people Daniels. are like, man, it's Oklahoma. <clears throat> See, the funny thing is, yeah. I think, though, that most people that were betting the game, like Sharps that were betting the game, were pretty well versed in the fact that Daniels probably wasn't playing. So it seems like this is the public finding out that Daniels is not going to be in, and they're like, oh, they have no shot. I think pretty much the smart people that were driving it down to start with were probably yeah. under the impression that Jason Bean was the starter. And, and so like, again, I think that the line is way too high. I think that Kansas, I, I could see them losing this game, um, but it's not going to be by two scores. If they do lose, it'll be six or less. Um, but for my official prediction on here, uh, I'm going to do it to myself again. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Jayhawks to upset the Sooners. Um, they're going to win. Let's say uh, 42 to 38. I love it. Hey, you Good know what? Score. Hey, you get a yeah. mulligan on the last one because you picked them to beat Texas, and then Jalen Daniels right, went then out Daniels five minutes out like yeah. ten minutes before the game. Yeah, I, as soon as that happened, I go, "Well, there goes my bets." Because uh, Bean, I'm sure didn't get the first team reps all week, but hey, it is what it is. And 
Bean will have Bean will be ready off the bye, and Lance Lightpool will have some things scripted up for uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. I already bet it at ten, so I, I I agree with your assessment, Andy. That that line's way too high. That's way too inflated. Just like I, we said last week, Rush at that line against UCF was ridiculous. Nineteen. I, I was like, that UCF's getting Plumlee back. They're they're not as bad as their record when when Plumlee's there. And Oklahoma's a little bit overrated, um, to be honest. They played a cupcake schedule other than Texas. So I'm hey, I'm with you. I, I got Kansas winning outright. Let's go Jayhawks. Uh, I could say that in football, not basketball. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I was just say, I was just say, I don't think Oklahoma's faced a road, a true road environment. No. Like what Kansas is gonna bring. So, so. Since they struggled at Cincinnati. I mean, that was like the oh, yeah. most similar envi- from an environment standpoint that they will face. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll face some, some electricity here in two weeks when they go to Bedlam for the final time in Stillwater. Can't wait for that one. But, uh, yeah, Andy, appreciate it as always. Uh, you want to plug anything before we let you get out of here? I know you got basketball coming up as well. Oh yeah. Just all the normal stuff. Uh, you can listen to me talking about Kansas, both football, basketball, and then any other sports that they're doing over at the rock chalk podcast. Um, that's on rock or that's at rock chalk pod over on Twitter. Um, Personally, I'm Andy Mitz 12 over at Twitter as well. Um, but then also I do run the uh, the um, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation site covering the Jayhawks. Uh, that is Blue Wings Rising. That's just bluewingsrising.com. Yes, sir. Awesome. Always go check out Andy Mitz in the Rock Chalk podcast. Doing great work. Go Jayhawks. Uh, I'll, I'll have a uh, beer or 12 for you once the Jayhawks uh, yeah, I, knock I am off just the Sooners a little, on Saturday. I am just a little disappointed that that Sooners logo is still right side up. Uh, you know, they're still undefeated. As soon as you win, we okay, will okay. flip them there upside down next week and there send you a screenshot. So, Andy Mitz, go check him out. Thanks for stopping by, Andy. Thank you, right, Andy. Man. See you, man. Appreciate you. I love it. He, he said, get that fucking Sooner logo. Flip that shit upside down like the Longhorns. We're going to do that. I think we can arrange that. Yeah, we can do that. I know I know a guy we could talk to. Uh, real quick, though, Rush, before we dive into the rest of the Big 12, I got to talk about... Hall of Fame bets by winning big or by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets. Sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, game lines, research, NFL, NBA, MLB, and all soccer with historical data. 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 I mean, I can't talk right now. Uh, enter any parlay into Hall of Fame bets. Rev- revolutionary parlay. Um, the optimizer tool where they break down each and every leg so you know the value that you're getting the best. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft a more intelligent, data-driven parlay. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Code SGPN to get 50% off your first months today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All righty, Rush. Let's get back and let's uh, let's go to the rest of the Big 12. Let's do um, it. I think we're both on, on the, the Kansas side. I, I know we'll give out our official picks on Thursday. I, I think Kansas is going to win. I, I, I like the matchup off the I like bye. it. I, I, I agree, and I agree with everything Andy said. He's a great guest. He really lays it all out, makes it makes our jobs easier. But this has that feeling of the, the bean game. This, yeah. this, this feels like his moment in his time, and then maybe Jalen Daniels comes back next week. It feels right. Do you remember a couple years ago when uh... – I think it, I don't know if it was Rattler or whoever the quarterback was. Maybe it was Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma when they were undefeated and they went to K State and yeah. K State was coming off the bye week and they just beat the shit out of them. 
I kind of has the feel of that with just the situational spot is great yeah. for Kansas. Yeah. Hey, they escaped play not playing. They escaped not having to play Kansas State this year, but hey, they still got to play a team from Kansas, and they got to yes. go there. Um, I do think, uh, especially the Big Twelve. I mean, sports in general, but especially this league has a really weird way of evening itself out. So this this could be that makeup from last week. I agree. I die here. All right. Speaking of a Kansas State Wildcats, Dana and Houston Cougars coming off back to back emotional home games. Tough spot here, having to go to Manhappiness. K State coming off the blowout win, big inflated line here. Um, I feel like the line is properly placed. <laughs> it, it this feels kind of like time for Dana to lay an egg game because I mean we've seen it. He gets up for yeah. two Super Bowls. Uh, one's enough, but especially two. Uh, I guess Kansas State's new motto, right? The old motto of uh, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. You <laughs> if you have two quarterbacks, you're Kansas Kansas State. That's that's yeah. the new one. They it's nuts. It's like. It's weird. Like we saw it last year with Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. And um, I forgot their third string at the time. It actually might've been John. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, this year yeah. it's like, it's like, it, it's like Will Howard. Like, he's like, you know what? I know I'm a really good quarterback, but I need, I need, I either need to relieve or start. It's like, they treat this like baseball pitchers, but Hey, it's college football and you can get away with that stuff and it's working. So yeah, watch out for Kansas state again. Like, like we said, after that, Oh shoot! Who did they play? Um, it was Oklahoma the Texas State. Tech game. The yeah, they what was what was that one game we said? Anyway, I might be mixing up, but oh, you're, you're talking about off the Oklahoma State loss, yes, and then on to the Tech. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we said that was kind of the if Kansas State wins this game, like we're going to be looking down at the end of November, being like, oh crap, can't we thought we had them? Kansas State yep. still in this. So here we go. Now we're seeing it right in front of us. Indeed. Hey, did you see uh, Vrabel's playing two quarterbacks this weekend for the Titans? He's playing Levis and Willis. <laughs> Good for him. It's that's that's Vrabel. He's trying to be the Kansas State I'll tell Wildcats. You what, I'll tell you what was funny when Vrabel gets in the Patriots Hall of Fame and is sitting with Kraft during a Patriots game. It's like, has a head coach of another team ever sat in the owner's box of I a that like too. that was a it was weird, but it was it, it kind of, it felt right too. I mean, obviously he earned it so. Hey, yeah. I'll tell you what, NFL, you can get away with that stuff maybe for, for one game, and then usually the next game you're going to get blown out. Uh, Kansas State, there's just something in the water in Manhattan and, and the Little Apple that that just it's perfect combination for them. Yes, it is. Uh, tell you where it's not perfect, and we'll go to the bounce house. <laughs> Which one? And this is not both, perfect. <laughs> yeah, both teams need a win. Both teams need a win. All of a sudden, the Mountaineers have come back to the middle of the pack. Unfortunately, uh, UCF, the very, very shiny Golden Knights, they uh, they they got jobbed last week. They should have won that football game. They're, they got a little bit of confidence to them. I could see this game going two different ways. I mean, I, I think the Mountaineers are the better football team. But you wonder where the mentality and the heads, mm-hmm. the heads, uh, the heads are at. And I mean, you same with UCF. I mean, it it is easy to get up for like an Oklahoma game. I know they're coming back home, but sometimes those moral victories don't turn into the win streaks that everybody thinks they're going to turn into. No, and I think W WVU was the better team the last two weeks as well, and we saw saw what happened there. Uh, we just had we did an episode on Ryan and Rush before this. Go check it out if you haven't yet. The Ryan and Rush show. Uh, it's a more West Virginia side of things to show Ryan and I do. Uh, we we had Adam Eaton on from the Sons of UCF. And no, not the baseball player, the other Adam Eaton. Uh, <laughs> but this, 
There's going to be this some points game, in this game. Yes. I My fear in this game is it's last year's Iowa State game. That's my biggest fear in this game. And I think here's the two situations that we see playing out is I feel like we could be walking into a sleeping giant. UCF gets their first big 12 win, you know, Plumlee's finally back, that sort of thing. And we lose like 42 to 17, or we somehow, um, as, as, as Adam was telling us on the Ryan and Russ show is usually you can wear down UCF. I mean, we've seen it obviously yeah. Plumlee adds a dynamic to it that, that, that makes it easier on them, but maybe we play ugly and you know, we win this game by a point or two, but I don't see anything in between that. I think we're either getting killed or we're scrapping out a walk-off field goal or something weird happens like that. I agree. I don't, I, I don't see us blowing them out. No, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah. Um, I think early lean, I think the Mountaineers are going to play well. I, I think that they're going to be resilient like they have been early in the year. Um, I also don't think UCF could stop West Virginia on the ground, but I don't think, I think West Virginia is going to struggle to stop UCF on the ground too. So it's kind of, I think you're going to see an entertaining game is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So I mean, last time we saw that, that was the Houston game and we all saw what clunky game that was when yep. both teams just gave up the run to pass the ball. So no doubt. Speaking of uh, interesting games, this game always comes down to the wire. Uh, Iowa State's going to Waco. Baylor's coming off a uh, road win at Cincinnati. So is Iowa State, actually. Iowa State won at Cincinnati, then went into the bye week. Iowa State's only got one loss. Um, this game's going to come down the wire. <laughs> this of is course. Gonna be a fun, this game's going to be a fucked up game. Uh, I don't really, I have no feel on this game. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't even look at that two and a half. This is just who do you think is going to win type of game. Yeah. I would throw the points to the side. I'm actually, I think I'm going to stick with the home team. I can actually see Baylor. I might go Baylor. Yeah. Uh, yeah I it's well, well, I have a couple days to sit on this, but I could kind of see, like I'm looking at the big 12 standings, Baylor's two and two in it. Obviously my, my dark horse prediction is going to be wrong, but I could see Baylor. All of a sudden you look back in the season and being like, what started off with the Texas state loss? Dang, they ended up, figuring out their way into a bowl game or, you know, you know, actually being somewhat decent. So I, I, I think this is a turn it around game for Baylor. I agree. Speaking of uh, this, uh, you know, BYU is not a good road team, but this line's ridiculous. Oh, this, this line's a joke. I've seen this game play out. The, you know, what's funny about BYU, the two most confident teams um, I, I have that they're playing against is Texas and Oklahoma. We yeah. do things to both of those teams that it might be the, it might have to be the first year, one of the first year teams to, to have to end their, their big 12 run. Wouldn't that be a funny story? Win. I do too, man. At least yeah. I'm not going to put them. I mean, you know, you can always sprinkle the money line. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about this money line sprinkle on Thursday, but I'm definitely, especially with that hook there, I'm definitely down for taking the points. Yeah. I just, I don't believe in Murphy. I know everybody fell in love with him at the fucking spring game, but it's like you're playing real football now. You're not playing. You're not playing spring game where the the, the it's scripted. I, yeah, BYU. I mean, this is going to be a Super Bowl spot for them as well. Texas, Texas has not looked good since Alabama. They, I mean, let's go through what they've done since Alabama. They beat Wyoming barely. They pulled away late. Peasley didn't play. If Peasley plays for Wyoming, they win. I think Wyoming wins. Then they play Kansas. Okay, Jalen Daniels goes down five minutes before. It's a mm -hmm. deflated Kansas effort. Red River, uh, that was a great game. I mean, but I thought both teams played pretty well. Texas but, got some breaks in that game. Yeah, Texas lost a turnover battle, but that's what Quinn Ewers does in those big games. 
come off the bye, and they look like shit against Houston. They, I mean, they should have lost to to arguably the worst team in the league. So this is like four straight, five straight weeks of them not playing well. I think that pressure's getting to them. I, this is a Steve Sarkeesian team that's going to fuck up, fuck this thing up somehow, some way. I mean, do you disagree at all? No, I, I, I not not at all. This is this is I I've seen BYU growing up. I know this team. This is the BYU get up spot. This this yeah. this has all the markings on it. It really does. I don't. It's and it's hard too to. It, it's a personal get up for Steve Sarkeesian, obviously, because he was the quarterback at BYU. But this is it. I think where BYU gets really sneaky on some people is it's kind of a hard team to get up against. It, it's yeah. like, oh, we got the, you know, we got the. They're not the, getting up for yeah. BYU. Like, yeah, that's what I'm they, saying. They're is, 18 point favorites. Yeah. They think they're eight. Yeah, exactly. 17 and a half. BYU just, they come in there. They're going to beat you and leave and ask, hey, do you need help with anything? Here's a book on the way out. Read about it and smile on their way back to Provo. That's how they do it. it, it it's what they do. I, I I, really, I like BYU a lot in this game. Um, every and, day I get a little bit more and more in BYU. Maybe you'll see a little of my bias and fandom come out um, from it. But um, actually, I need BYU to win this week so they lose next week. But that's a whole nother story. I, um, <laughs> Rush, you do know who Texas has on deck, right? No. K State, they got that one circled. And and, I mean, you look at you like usually when a twenty-four point dog hangs in there with with the favorite, it's usually a fluke game where they cause like three to four interceptions. No, Houston outplayed Texas. They outgained them in yardage, more Mm -hmm. first downs. They were the better team that got screwed by the officials down the stretch. So, I, I I I saw the same song and dance from Texas on Saturday last couple weeks where. You punch them back a little bit, and they fold up like little bitches. They, they like, do. They they are the biggest front runner program. You just see it. And Sarkeesian coached that game tight as shit. He's going to coach the remainder of these games tight as shit. Yes, they got more talent. They've had more talent for fifteen years, and there's a reason they don't win the Big Twelve. So I'm with you. Maybe Texas gets out of there alive, but there's big time holes. This Texas team is you can play off my ass. Uh, all right, let's go to this one. I think this is actually a tricky spot for Oklahoma State. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think this I, might be the Emory Jones shock the world game. I don't even know if it's necessary the Emory Jones shock the world game. Maybe they do sneak it out. I could see it here because OK State has Bedlam next, um, right? Isn't Bedlam after this? Yes, next week. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's another thing from the Oklahoma standpoint in Kansas we, dynamic we didn't even talk about, but it, it, this I don't like the I don't like the the hook scares me on this. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards. I'll probably stay away from the money line in this game. Obviously, money line me, meaning Cincinnati. Um, but but I I would look. Yeah, but then I have to do the Emory Jones thing in my head, and maybe I shouldn't overthink this either. But I I don't like that seven and a half. It's too much. No. Pro, I'm probably leaning Cincy right now. Believe it or not. But well, uh, Troy, Troy I, maybe will uh, be able to talk some sense into us before then. Actually, Troy would know the the anti Emory Jones versus he took Emory last week. So he took. Did Emory he end up taking? Oh, he locked so it. We all... That was his lock. He, he goes. To, he gets his own Baylor. Maybe we... <laughs> he he goes. I'm going to shock the world. And I mean, they did have 300 yards of rushing, and they still found a way to lose the game. I texted you. I go. They have 200 yards rushing midway through the second quarter, and they're still down two scores. How's that even possible? Dude, they just 
it's kind <laughs> of like impressive if you want to know the oh truth. It's, it's totally actually very like it, it's I, I don't even know what to say honestly every time i think about that offense i'm just speechless like i don't i don't even know where to begin to dissect it i just know everything works but the quarterback so i guess that's yeah. where i'll leave it at <laughs> I, well that's what i was gonna say i'm like they're not that bad they just they can't help themselves and they shoot themselves in the foot. So I guess that's part of it. Uh, that's all the games for this week. We got two teams on by. Yep. Um, who's on by this it's week? The last, it's TCU and uh, Texas Tech. And then we're done with buys. Speaking of two teams that needed the buy. Yeah, I mean, no TCU kidding. and Texas Tech got freaking whacked um, on the road. So I was worried about them. that BYU game. Good for them for – taking charge of that game and being in control yeah. basically the whole game. Cause that was a, and Hey, it's a good, cause I know BYU got their first big 12 win against Cincinnati, but they got one against an actual, you know, OG big 12 team. So that was a big win for BYU. We'll see how they take no, it against Texas. Yeah, no, they're, they're going to have to find a way to duplicate this turnover battle uh, success that they've had at home because they, they had, they won the turnover battle by I think three again, and they did that against Cincinnati they were and then but at Kansas they lost it and that's what ultimately lost in the game so they got to find a way to steal some possessions against Texas does that sound like win, another team behind my uh, back that needs to wanna, do the same thing I, I'm trying to talk about these other teams because I don't See, talk I know about them, but, uh, <laughs> so all right man well uh let, let's get up on out of here Rush tell everybody what you got going on um and what we got going on the rest of the week at Rambling Rush, Twitter, Instagram, at Ryan and Rush Show, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Appreciate you all. Thank you for the support. Going to be another great week. Yes, it will. You can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac. Uh, yeah, we got loaded lineup on the Ryan and Rush Show the rest of the week. We'll pick games on Thursday. Uh, and uh, I know there's a lot of college basketball experience uh, fans. We got two previews set for tonight, I think, in about an hour or so. See you over there in the chat, and uh, yeah, good luck with your Tuesday night college football bets. Let it ride. Go Diamondbacks.